They say that a mind is a terrible thing to waste. In today's Gospel story, Peter shows us that a divided mind is simply a terrible thing. Peter had a divided mind at Caesarea Philippi 2,000 years ago. That was his problem. There Jesus asked him point blank in front of all the other apostles, Who do you say that I am? Peter's response was clear. and It was inspired by the Holy Spirit. He said, You are the Christ. Today we heard St. Mark's version of this story. St. Matthew in his account includes Jesus' response to this profession of faith by Peter. Our Lord said, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my heavenly Father. On that point, Peter was definitely thinking the thoughts of God. Sad to say it didn't take him very long to begin thinking other thoughts, specifically the thoughts of men. And it's here that we encounter the division in his mind. Of course, looking at it from our perspective 2,000 years after the fact, we can be tempted to say, how could Peter have been so blind? How could he have been so blind to this truth about Jesus? How could he have made this monumental blunder? The answer is to that question very easily. After Peter made his profession of faith, St. Mark tells us that Jesus began to teach him and the other apostles that the Son of Man must suffer greatly, be rejected by the elders, the chief priests and the scribes, and be killed, and rise after three days. Now that may make perfect sense to us, and hopefully it does, but it didn't make any sense to Peter. And for good reason. Almost all the Jews of the day expected the Messiah to be a great warrior king, great warrior king who would conquer the Romans and restore the nation of Israel to its former political and economic greatness. They didn't expect a suffering Messiah who would die and rise from the dead to reconcile the entire world to God. Even though that type of Messiah had been prophesied in passages like the one we heard this morning in our first reading from Isaiah 50. In fact, if you had taken a poll in Palestine on this issue, I'll bet nearly 100% of the people there would have said they expected a warrior king messiah, not a suffering God-man messiah. And of course they would have been wrong. It goes to show you what polls are worth. Given this background, I think Peter's reaction is quite understandable. After all, he was just following the majority expert opinion of his day. So when Jesus began to speak about his passion and death, Peter predictably responded, Well, no way, Jesus, never. You're the Messiah we've been waiting for. You're the anointed one of God. That can't happen to you. As we heard a few moments ago, Jesus retorted, Get behind me, Satan. You're thinking the thoughts of men, not the thoughts of God. A divided mind is a terrible thing. Just ask Simon Peter. But you know what, my brothers and sisters, our minds also can, can and do become divided at times. Even very holy people, for them, the thoughts of men constantly do battle with the thoughts of God, as is the case for every human person. And every time we let the thoughts of men win the day, we're led into sin. Now let's be clear about it. The thoughts of men in the year 2021 don't all have to do with the identity of the Messiah. Some do involve religion. 
but they also extend to other areas of life, really every area of life. Let me share with you today, this morning, a few examples of the more common thoughts of men which pervade our modern American culture. As I read these, ask yourself the question, have I ever believed any of these things? And ask yourself the question, do I believe any of these things right now? Thought of men number one, some human lives are worth more than others. Another way to say that is, some human lives matter more than others. That's the thought of men that stands behind every crime against innocent human life. It's the thought of men that stands behind a lot of the violence we've been seeing on our city streets in the last year and a half. That's the thought of men that stood behind the terrorist attacks of 9-11. That's the thought of men that Hitler believed. Thought of men number two, it's my body and I'll do whatever I want with it. Thought of men number three, the moral character of our leaders doesn't matter. What's important is the economy or their position on climate change. Number four, certain actions like lying, cheating, and stealing are only bad if a person gets caught. Number five, tolerance is a virtue. By the way, can you imagine somebody saying that to Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior? Hey Jesus, stop criticizing the sins of the Pharisees. Live and let live, man. Don't you know that tolerance is a virtue? You think Peter got reprimanded? I would love to have heard Jesus' response to that one. Thought of men number six. My sin is between God and me, period. Number seven. Whatever it is, it's okay, as long as it happens between consenting adults and nobody gets hurt. Number eight. Animals and human beings are of equal value. And finally, number nine. Reality is whatever I say it is. If I want to be a boy on Monday, a girl on Tuesday, and some combination thereof on Thursday through Sunday, that's my business. And you have nothing to say about it. it took me all of two minutes to come up with those thoughts of men. It's because they're so common. There are so many to choose from. They're literally everywhere, my brothers and sisters. We are bombarded with these thoughts many, many times each day from various sources. So what can we do? Are we doomed? Are we doomed to have these thoughts of men ruin our lives here on this earth and destroy our chances at eternal life? Well, of course not. Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, has won the victory over every evil thought, word, and deed. But we have to allow that victory to be made manifest in us. How exactly do we do that? St. Paul gives us the answer in Romans 12, verse 2, where he writes, Do not conform yourselves to this age, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, so you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and pleasing and perfect. To think the thoughts of God, in other words, the thoughts God wants us to think on any and every issue, we need to allow the Lord to work on our minds, to form them and to change them 
whenever they need to be changed. This means we've got to spend time with Jesus every day in prayer. We've got to read his word, not just on Sundays, but every day, and allow it to soak in. We have to read good spiritual writings which convey to us God's truth. And we have to receive the Eucharist and Sacrament of Penance worthily and frequently. Getting our minds renewed requires effort on our part. It's not a magical phenomenon. I'll conclude my homily today with this observation. St. Peter has two letters attributed to him in the New Testament. I encourage you, I urge you, read the first one sometime soon. There you'll find something that might surprise you after hearing today's Gospel story. I say that because there you'll find Peter giving a beautiful, profound teaching on the sufferings of Christ and on the positive value of our sufferings. Now remember, this was written by the same guy who got all upset at Caesarea Philippi when Jesus mentioned the cross. So what happened to him between that event and the time he wrote this letter? Well, very simply, during that, that time, those intervening years, he allowed the grace of God to work on his mind and change it so that the thoughts of God concerning the cross eventually became the thoughts of Peter. At Caesarea Philippi, his divided mind had been a terrible thing, but now the division in his mind had been healed, and that was a wonderful thing. We allow the grace of God to touch our minds in the very same way.